You're listening to the pre-snap podcast presented by LineStar. Insight and analysis from the minds of fantasy football experts. Fantasy football advice and strategy from two of the top minds in the game. It's time to lock it in and win. Here are your hosts, Michael Rathburn and Joe Pizzapia. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app. It's me and my new co-host, that's right, Michael Rathburn, unfortunately had to uh, step aside from the program. We wish Michael all the best, uh, but I could not be more thrilled. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He is now going to be my co-host here on the show all the way through the end of the NFL season. And God knows, who knows where we go from there. Maybe we go to baseball. Maybe we do other things. He's one of the best fantasy minds out there. I've been working with him for, gosh, it's like three or four years now, I think, when you combine everything. He does hockey. He does NBA. He does baseball. He does football. He does it all, and he does it all north of the border. He's my good pal, Chris Meany. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing great, yes. Uh, I'm so excited to be here with you, Joe, and talking some some DFS football. Yes, hopefully, you know, a little bit later on, it'll dive into something more. And, you know, a shout-out to Michael. I know he does some great stuff here on the show. Uh, a terrific guy, so I wish him all the best. And I'm just, you know, looking forward to the opportunity. Some big shoes to fill, but I'm ready. Let's go. That's right. And Chris used to host the FanDuel show, for those who don't know, on FNTSY, and I used to be a frequent guest there. That's how actually how we first got connected back in the day that was like 2015 oh but i didn't have hair then so i can't (laughs) say like i had hair then i'd have to go back way further than that but still we go back a ways chris and i have done a ton of radio together we hosted on target together uh as well as we're also part of all in sports me jake seeley and chris every week five days a week we host that show over on patreon for all you sports fans out there but we are we are excited it's all kind of came together with the holiday and everything so it's been a little bit of a craziness, but we're here. We're going to break down the games. It's going to be a little different today, obviously, because of the holiday and because of our least amount of time together. But I promise you, by the time we get to next week, we'll have very similar format stuff because I know those of you listening love the show because it's a little different. And we're going to keep up that trend. And uh, I hope everybody had a good time enjoying their their feasts on Thanksgiving and their football on Thanksgiving. And now it's time to really take a look at Week 12. And Chris, when we started talking about it, you pointed out you've got the three most popular offenses completely unavailable on the main slate. And that's where we begin this week. Yeah, the three highest scoring teams in the NFL. I mean, we already saw the Saints play averaging 37 points a game and Kansas City and the LA Rams. I mean, we saw that game last Monday night. Wow, both those teams, number two, number three in scoring. And then the number four team is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we'll get to, but playing on the road is not you know, not the same football team on the road as, as opposed to playing at home Heinz field. No, it's definitely not. And, and look, because this is the wacky week where you've got everybody playing Thursday, you know, you, you've got some big time players off the board. So no Ezekiel Elliott, you've got no Evan Kamara. You've got uh, when you break down, no Todd Gurley, no Kareem hunt running back, especially this week, Chris is really tough. I mean, the only, <laughs> the last men standing basically I mean, because even in the night games, you got Aaron Jones in that one who's played very well also. Uh, you basically you got Saquon, you got Melvin Gordon, and then a lot of question marks. I mean, uh, it's not necessarily, I mean, you got Connor in there who's been a little up and down here as we've turned the page into the second half. But really, the premium running backs, especially when you're looking at cash games this week, it's a very tricky situation here. Yeah, it really is. And you're right. You know, for most, for the most part, you're playing 50 fifties, head to heads, double ups and cash. You're really looking at Gurley. You're looking at Kamara. You're looking at Kareem Hunt. You're looking at those three guys. And even Zeke, because the last couple of weeks, he's had some fantastic matchups. So you had he's, to play Zeke even last week. Yeah. Three straight games now with over a hundred yards. You're bringing in Mari Cooper, stretch the field. Ezekiel Elliott is, is uh, for sure. Bad. These guys are always near the top every single week in terms of carries and touches. They're the safest players in fantasy football. And I'm talking all in general, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks as well. Like these are the guys that they want to eat. They're the staple of your lineup and they're, they're pretty safe. So yeah, you're going to have to get creative this week. You're going to play some guys that maybe you're not used to playing in cash, um, but there's still some value out there and there's still some guys you, you can rely on but yeah this is a different week for sure joe there's a lot of top tier players who are on the sidelines also some big time quarterbacks no breeze uh in this one we know trubisky didn't even play but he's been a very fantasy darling of this show so is matt ryan at times uh you've also taken out of the miss Deshaun watson possibility no aaron Rodgers, uh minnesota no kirk cousins because of the night game slate there no patrick mahomes no jared goff my goodness this is you got to be a tough one to play in this week, especially in tournaments. And I, I think we've got some ideas. I know I do 
And I think you got to basically, when you have these kind of stars at these two positions off the board, I think what you got to do is you got to take a little risk when it comes to players who are coming off down weeks or bad stretches and say, okay, I believe in this player and I believe they can bounce back or play higher to their ability because basically you have to this week, Chris. Yeah, recency bias, you know, you, you got to, I'm with you. There's going to be a couple quarterbacks, especially that we'll talk about that I'll be in on again this week, who probably disappointed a lot of people last week in high totals and potential shootouts that just didn't happen. So yeah, you kind of just have to forget about what happened recently and go back to what you said, Joe, and just, you know, that they're good. The matchup is right. The potential is there. And maybe we can get them with some low ownership numbers this week and there'll be nice tournament plays for us. But yeah. No Mahomes, no Goff. That's where, you know, most people are starting near the top. You're looking at these high-scoring teams, teams with the highest team-implied totals. Every single week, it's Kansas City, L.A., and the Saints. Right. And then Aaron Rodgers, who you mentioned as well. It's probably a good thing you can't play Rodgers on the main slate in Minnesota. It's a tough spot for him. It is. And then they have yet to win a road game all year long. So much for you all-time great Aaron Rodgers fans, all you believers out there. Win a, how about you win a road game? How about you win this game? Okay? Come on, let's go. You know, anyway, <laughs> I digress. I'm, I'm always going to get on my pedestal about that and yell and scream because I love Aaron Rodgers. He's great, but you got to show up in some of these games, man. And you got to like put them over the top. Stop blaming Mike McCarthy. You can change the play at the line of scrimmage. We do a lot of things here in the show. We like to do what we got right. What we got wrong last week. We always like to hold ourselves accountable. I have to say, it's a shame that Rath's not here because we got a lot right. Oh my gosh. We are all over DJ Moore last week. We're all nice. over Traquan Smith last week. Uh, I know a lot of the uh, Twitterverse was very excited, <laughs> very pleased with our takes uh, because we won a whole lot of people, a whole lot of money. And that was good. So uh, basically, it was a really good week for the pre-snap. Uh, we we nailed a lot of things. The only thing that was wrong was Mariota. And that was, you know, we'll take our medicine on that. But he got, hurt. Part, you know, he got hurt, but he kind of sucked, too. I mean, they were they were up his ass. Let's be honest. I mean, that. They got a lot more pass rush than I ever anticipated in that game. And, uh, you know, eventually they knocked him out of that game. Yeah, 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 for sure. And now, you know, you don't have to worry about him on the main slate this week, but it's tough to feel good about anybody in this offense moving forward, really. I mean, a couple injuries now and, and some dead performances from Corey Davis. But, hey, man, Rathbert went out on a with a bang. So oh, yeah. Let's keep it going. And we're going to keep it going because that's what we do here. We're going to make it do what it do, baby. Don't worry about it. We are all good. Uh, we're going to continue to break down these games, as I said before. Less games on this slate. Uh, it's going to be real tricky because of the teams that are not available because of the players that are not available. And because you're taking, as you said, Chris, you're taking a lot of possible and potential points out of the mix already. So really this is a week. And the first thing that pops to me is you got to get your defense, right? And I know that sounds like a wacky thing, but you have to be really smart because I think when it comes to defenses this week, normally we kind of, well, we push them to the side a little bit, but when you're trying to get every point and scrape and claw, and I think that's what you're going to have to do this week with all these big time playmakers with, with no Camara out there with no Todd Gurley out there, you got to scrape and claw for every point available. And I think defense this week is one that already I look at the trend and I say, you have to pay up a little bit. You have to get some, a decent floor of defense. Yeah, I know a lot of the time, you know, most people want to spend down where they can, maybe get a home defense, get some pressure, you know, after a quarterback. But I would agree with you. And, you know, for the most part, these weeks, you know, when I look at the team totals or the just projected over-unders, there's usually four or five 50-point games. And that's not the case this week. In fact, there's only two. I mean, Tampa Bay and San Francisco, 55. And then we look at Indianapolis and Miami is 50.5. And those numbers kind of changed a, a little bit. Uh, it's actually looking at it right now. It's 51. And the Tampa game is coming down now, 54. So um, not as many high totals as possible. So, I mean, we'll get into defenses. But absolutely, I'm on the same page as you. Is, you know, three of the four on, on both sites, like DraftKings and FanDuel up at the top near the pricing. I think they're all solid options this week. And I don't think you want to cheap out at the position because there's enough value you don't have to spend up on, like you said, on those top guys. Like there's, there's some, some guys near the top of the price board that are not as expensive as what we've seen in the past with some of these top talented players, you know, on buys or have already played or not just not on the main slate. All right. We're going to hit a break. And when Chris Meadey and I come back, we're going to start breaking down these games for you one by one. Cause that's what we do, baby. You're listening to the pre-snap right here on the line star app. We'll be right back right after this. 
The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right, let's kick things off with the barn burner. I know you're excited. Jacksonville at Buffalo. I know. Just take a deep breath and, you know, <laughs> try, to, try to contain yourself with this one. The, the Jaguars, look. Uh, let's, let's start with the line here. It opened up at minus three. Uh, the over under is 37 and a half. I mean, I'm looking at this one and, and, you know, when I look at this game, I I feel like the expectations here for the Jacksonville Jaguars all year, we basically just take a big deep breath in and go, okay, they're not going to be the team that we thought they were. Okay. They're just not going to be that team. But since Leonard Fournette's come back, we have seen that they are not afraid to give them the full workload, which is what I said originally, because I felt as though that had to be the case. Like you can't have him come back and it not be a full workload for Fournette when he comes back. So when I ask you this, Chris, is this another perfect setup where, especially in a week where there aren't a lot of big time backs where Leonard Fournette kind of creeps into your psyche? Yeah, I love Fournette. Actually, he's one of my favorite backs of the week. And and just on pure volume and touches alone, we're talking about cash running backs and some of the top tier backs that, you know, always finish in the top five and touches every single week. They're not playing. And for Leonard Fournette, he's now been one and one in terms of touches over the past couple of weeks. This guy has touched the football 59 times since he's returned from injury, 250 total yards, three scores. The bills have been solid against the pass all season long. They've allowed 10 rushing touchdowns. You know what? The Jaguars are a different team. They're not generating a, you know, the pressure that they got off the quarterback, you know, last season, they were near the top in sacks. They were getting picks every single game. It, it, they're, not, they're not the same defensive team, but they still have been solid defensively. Like they still have allowed, you know, third fewest passing yards you know points against buffalo we we know that they struggle offensively to move the ball themselves so listen this is a team that wants to run the football last year nobody ran more than jacksonville right Right. they upgraded their offensive line they haven't been able to do what they've wanted to do this season because leonard fournette has been limited all year long so now that he's back and he looks healthy they're just giving him the ball he's a he's 52 carries in his last two games find me a running back this week that's going to touch the ball almost 30 times it's 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 hard to find one Leonard Fournette is definitely one now what do we take out of ball to, uh, Buffalo because you know Buffalo is this team where you go and you look back and you say all right well last time you saw them uh they were putting a whooping on the Jets and, and I'm kind of like thinking about this and I say to myself all right well I think Jacksonville will win the game I think they'll cover the three what do you think about that number of the 37 though uh, because the 37 is is one that I just don't know what team shows up sometimes <laughs> offensively for Buffalo. So do you think the 37 is, is a, see, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I see this as like a 17, 13 kind of game. I think I'm going on the under here. Yeah, me too. And it's, you know, you look at the 37 and a half and you're like, Oh, you know, how can I go under that number? Like it's, it's such a low number and you know, you don't want to go that way. But I, I, I lean under as well. I mean, look at both of these teams when they played in the, in the playoffs, that postseason game, 10, three, that was a 10, three football game. And, and both teams struggled to move the ball and the defenses were, were top notch uh, on both sides. So I, I feel it the same thing. They're going to run. They're both teams are going to struggle to move the ball through the air and it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a slow pace running game. And that's why I like Fournette so much. I think that's going to be the game plan. And I just have no confidence in Buffalo to, to be able to move the football. I mean, they have the second fewest yards, um, you know, per game. They just, they, they overall the fewest passing yards per game, 159 per game and yeah. 13 points per game. They just don't score. Well, that's why I look at that 37 and, and, and you're talking about a ball control offense versus a team that can't move the chains. I don't know how that number is 37. I, I just, I still think 37 is a high number. Right? I do. I mean, this is, it's this, this game reeks of, like I said, 17, 10 or something like that. Like, I don't think this gonna, they get close to it. I think you're looking for a sure thing this week. It's the under of this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, I don't know and, how it's that number. And it hasn't and, moved. So and Josh Allen is he's expected to play. He's expected to return. But look at some of his some of his games. 74 yards passing, 196, 151, 82, 84. Mm-hmm. Is one game over 200 yards. It was 245. And then gotta go all the way back to to, to week two. So uh, it's going to be tough for him to move the ball. It doesn't have a lot of weapons. And I still believe, as I said, they don't generate a lot of pressure, but I still believe in this defense overall. And Buffalo's has been really good as well. Yeah, and look, I think both these defenses are in play. 
<laughs> you know, I, it's big time. They're big definitely time. in play because you could even see a turnover on, you know, some turnovers here and there. You could also see potential scoring on special teams. All right, uh, let's get to Baltimore going to, uh, excuse me, Baltimore versus Oakland here. And look, Lamar Jackson last week, uh, I'm mad because I, I had every, you know, so many of my lineups have Mariota and I was like, part of me going, you know what, maybe you should give a little Lamar Jackson and just put him in there. And if I had, I would have hit every single pay line across the board, no matter what that Mariota switch, I literally by one point or half point all over the place was just like right on the precipice, every single tournament gashing, but that stupid Mariota play just Oh, it drove me crazy. So yeah, you're usually not in on Mariota too. I never am. And I bought in hard after, after the last week with the Patriots and they're just, Oh, so disappointing. But I digress the 27 carries for Lamar Jackson. I think there's still a lot to be uh, gleaned from you look and he still made some rookie mistakes and you still look at him and you look at the volume, but I think a 15 point game from him against Oakland is still very much in his sphere. Uh, this game opened up at minus 10 and a half here. Uh, the over under is 42 and a half, which again, that's a, uh, that's a number I think right on the precipice here. So uh, let, let's start with the quarterback situation here with Baltimore. Do you feel a little bit more progress here? Do you feel like it's going to be another 20 carry game for him with more designed runs like you saw last week? Yeah, I think it's going to be much of the same. I mean, you know, you saw Harvard, you know, get frustrated and after the after that game last week, like he can throw the ball. Like he's a quarterback. He has an arm. He can throw the football. But listen, as you mentioned, you know, you're watching him. There were some inaccurate throws, of course, and he doesn't seem comfortable to throw the ball. But there is a nice floor here that we need to love. And in a week where there's some top tier quarterbacks we've already mentioned that are gone, I think you could even go as far to, to think about Lamar Jackson in cash. He's affordable and he's going to run the ball. That game plan is not going to change. And if you saw anything from last week, they rushed the ball 13 times. The first 13 times in that opening drive, they didn't throw once and they found the end zone and he only threw the ball. 19 times they ran Oakland it can't stop four them. times they can't stop it they so if ever there was a game plan meant for an opponent yeah this is it, man. <laughs> this is this it. Is, absolutely this is it so i don't expect them to run the ball 27 times i mean that was the first time that's happened since the you know the nfl merger like that's that's rare but it's not crazy to think 14 to 20 it, he he can make this happen with gus edwards you have to wonder you know how many times they've run the read option or anything to do with close to the read option in practice? Like how many times have they seen each other in practice this season? Like running for, like they're not running a lot of first team reps. I know that Lamar Jackson has gotten in there over the past couple of weeks, just sprinkled in. Now he, you know, he saw Gus Edwards kind of take over from Alex Collins, who I think is questionable in this game. Keep an eye on him. Didn't practice on Thursday. So Lamar Jackson is someone you can think about in, in a good matchup. In cash. Now, if Gus Edwards, if Edwards' news on his injury does get better, Chris, is that a guy that you go down to the well again after what you saw? Because if you listen to Harbaugh after the game, he said he's the kind of runner that we've been looking for in this offense. But I, with the injury, I, I feel like it's another one of the spots where you go, well, maybe it was a one-off. I know some people will buy back in this week. I don't know. I think it's... I, I said it's a week where you got to take risks. Is Edwards a risk that you're willing to take? Yeah, it's... I, I, or do you, you know, go the Alex Collins route and say, you know what, screw it, I'm going to be a little safer? Yeah, so you got to keep an eye on both of these guys in practice reports for sure. Uh, I, I'll lean Edwards because of what I just saw. And, you know, he ran hard. I watched that game. He was running through tackles. And, and you know, you know, Hubbard said, you know, running, give him the hot hand. He certainly was the hot hand. And, and there's no reason to really not go back to him. As I said, these two are comfortable with each other. They looked comfortable with each other last week. He could really tell it wasn't the first time running some of the plays that they had run. And like you said, I mean, the Raiders, they've just struggled. I mean, eighth most fantasy points per game to running back, second most rushing yards allowed per game. Um, so I'm, it's a really good matchup. I'm with you on, on the line kind of being, I would take the under in this. I don't feel like I agree Oakland, too. 42 I don't, and a half against Baltimore. I can't see Oakland putting up. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Baltimore is going to have explosive enough of an offense to hit this number. And I don't think Oakland can put up enough points against Baltimore to hit 42 and a half. Right. I mean, they've allowed the fewest Baltimore is allowed the fewest points per game, the fewest yards per game, the second fewest passing yards per game, and the yeah. third fewest rushing yards per game. Like it's good crazy. luck, Oakland. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they had a, a, you know, a two game stint where they it looked like they were just brutal defensively. I think one game was in Carolina. Uh, and then they had the saints the week before that happens. We know that now um, this defense is solid. It's good. 
All right. The Giants head to Philadelphia. Uh, it's uh, they're favored by six in this one. Obviously, Philly took a big whooping last week. Uh, they they got the switch taken to them, basically. And uh, the, the over-under on this one's 47. Now, the Eagles have had all kinds of injuries, which I get. And uh, when you're looking at this one, I, I do think there's a certain amount of self-respect. You're going home. Wentz has been very good up until that game. This was the worst Carson Wentz game ever. But we're talking about buying back in. This is where it starts for me. It starts with Wentz. It starts with Ertz. I'm buying back in. The Giants can't cover a tight end to save their life. They never have. This is a terrible matchup for them in terms of that relationship. I will have a lot of Wentz and Ertz pairings this week uh, because they're playing the Giants. And on the other side of this game too, Saquon Barkley, when you're talking about a defense that right now is just completely shattered, uh, this is a game where I look at the total and I see 47 and I think this can go over. And I also think that Saquon Barkley and I think that uh, Carson Wentz and Ertz all can do enough in this game from a fantasy perspective that I'm willing to pay for those names. How about you? Are you willing to also entertain those names? Yeah, we're on the same page. No surprise, man. Um, this is a game that I want to tackle. Uh, you know, it's the line has moved up, like you mentioned. And the Eagles, you know, the team applied total 26 and a half. It's the fifth highest uh, on the Sunday slate, the main slate. So it's a game I, I want to tackle from both sides. I, I agree. I think this is a good spot to go back to Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. Since that was Zach Ertz's, uh, both of them, their worst game by far this season. And, you know, for Ertz, you have to go back, you know, quite a ways actually to to see you know, him not get that kind of volume and the, those kind of looks. And so th- I give the credit to the saints. You know, they've been able to shut down tight ends. Their defense has improved lately, but you know, this, the, this giants team is, is not the same defensively. I think you can go back to Wentz. I think you can go back to Ertz. I think you can go back to Alshon Jeffrey. If you sprinkled him in, into your, some of your lineups. Yeah, last I wouldn't week be shocked too. either. Yeah. Jeffrey's yeah. another one too, that I'm willing to take that. I'm glad you brought him up. Like if you want to do that trio of, of Jeffrey Wentz and Ertz, I'm willing to go that route. Now, it, it could bust out somewhere, but I think that's a trio where with so many trios not available, that's a trio that a stack that I think has a lot of upside. And and, and on the reverse side, too, I don't want to buy in on Eli Manning at all, so that's why I'm going, I'm going Barkley, and I'm going to Barkley hard this week because I look at how many running backs are out there in the slate that could put up 30, and he's one of the few. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the few. He lit up the Eagles earlier in the year. He had 229 total yards on 21 touches, uh, 130. Uh, you know, and there's less the guys ground. healthy on that defense now than there was in that last game. Yeah, I mean, look at the last few games. The last two games, they've allowed a combined 300. 300- 98 yards to running backs Ingram uh, Kamara obviously top notch Elliot and the week before that TJ Yeldon totaled 90 yards against them they're, they're struggling against backs who can catch they've allowed the six most catches to running backs and they're secondary right now Joe man it's 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 tough they, you know they're onto their sixth and seventh corner I mean they signed a guy off the practice squad last week who went down for the season as well so you're they're rolling out two two rookies in the block and, and Sullivan and you got Devontae Bosby like it's going to be tough tough for this defense who has already struggled I mean only the Saints have allowed more receiving yards to wide receivers this year and no other team has allowed more catches to wide outs and now they got to go in against Barkley who can catch and, and make things happen and then Odell Beckham Jr. as well so this is this is a huge game, and for Jeffrey, just to go back to him for a second, is you know his best game of the season actually came against this giant squad. Now it's tough to to take too much stock into that, but if you're looking at Jeffrey's game log over the past few few weeks, and especially the last three games, he's done absolutely nothing. It's he's very underwhelming, and this, is, and this is why it's a, it takes a little bit of balls here. You got to man up or woman up here, and you got to go. Hey, you know what? It's it's you got to throw the past away. And get yeah. rid of the recency bias. And and this is, I think, what separates you. And that's why I'm starting hard here with the Eagles. I I think, you know, the six number is a tricky one. I think the 47 is easier. I'll take the over on the 47. I don't think there's a whole lot of defense in this game. <laughs> you know, and the Giants giving up all those points to Tampa. I, I'm all, I mean, They're going on the road. But it's the six where I struggle. I think this game is going to be tight. I think it's gonna be tight too, and I'm on the Giants to cover. Um, you know, I've, yeah. I said this Giants to, to cover and the uh, and the over. I think the over. I, th- I think we're looking at a field Lock goal game. In. Yeah. Lock it in, baby. That's where we are. All right, let's uh, go to what I think is going to be the upset of the week. Okay, Cleveland going at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored by three because they're at home. But AJ Green again not trending well. Uh, this team is kind of imploding around itself after a really good start to the year where they were really hitting on all cylinders the Bengals have been hit with a lot of losses 
a lot of, you know, some bad luck, some injuries. And it's just, I feel like they're a team trending in one direction, whereas Cleveland, I think, is a team trending in the other. I think Nick Chubb is going to give the Bengals all sorts of fits. They're having, you want to talk about another guy now to buy in on? Nick Chubb's another guy that I think can go 25 plus points wise. I really do. I, I think that what you're seeing out of him, the explosiveness, now he's getting the opportunities. You give this guy 20 catches a game, he's going to give you 20 points. And I think that's going to be enough here where Cle- I think Cleveland could go on the road here and steal a win. I really do. Yeah, I'm with you. And, it, it, you know, it looked like A.J. Green. He was close to playing last week. And then some reports here before we got on, Joe, is that it's looking like, you know, he may not suit yeah, up this week. That's, yeah. that's tough. That's tough for him. I, I love Nick Chubb as well. He's up there with Leonard Fournette for me. And this is a guy whose price has jumped, especially on DraftKings over the past few weeks, $3,600, $4,700, $5,500. Now he's $6,300. But this is, it's such a nice matchup for him. The Bengals allowing the most yards per game, the most passing yards per game on the main slate, and the most rushing yards per game overall. 153 rushing yards per game is what they've allowed. And nobody, like they can't stop anybody. And for Chubb, ever since Carlos Hyde was dealt, we're seeing a guy who's touching the ball consistently about 20 times getting all those red zone opportunities at least 18 carries in four straight games got four touchdowns over that span over 400 yards over those games with six catches in his last three so this is somebody who's trending up that move has benefited him i think it was a great move from cleveland to move on from carlos hyde get what you can a pick and and turn it over to chubb 13 fantasy trade it's another fantasy trade thing we talked about all in sports earlier today that same thing like fantasy trade carlos hyde's value will never be higher than it is move on yeah let the kids step in there and and the future is now for the cleveland browns and and joku continues to get good target volume i know it hasn't always converted into points but you gotta like the volume as far as the total here 40 uh, you know 46 and a half i'll go over me too i'm on i'm on the over as well over yeah, it really is. I mean, it, it, even if AJ doesn't play, the number could it could drop to like 50, 46 or something. I still like it, as I said, like the Bengals, the most yards per game, the second most passing yards, and the same thing for Cleveland, the second most yards per game, yeah. the third most passing yards per game. A lot of chucking and ducking. A in this lot game. of chucking for sure. And, <laughs> and again, I think Chubb is a, is a solid play 32 points per game to running backs that's what since he has allowed over the four, last four weeks that's the most in football like, yeah and and chubb and saquon player. you know yeah you know pair them together yeah they're expensive but again i think i think the floor is high and i think the ceiling is high and i think that's what you're looking for this week with so many of those big guys off the board where if they even have an okay game i don't think they're going to be bad investments but both of them have opportunity this week that's my running back pairing of the week i want to go there and i want to hit that hard all right let's do one more before we hit a break here uh, let's do Carolina versus Seattle. And Carolina is favored by three here. Uh, you know, I talked about this on the Black Book Show. I feel like they're they're hearing the voices. <laughs> They've had a couple of losses here. They almost uh, blew that game at home against the Giants back when. I feel like this is a team that lets teams sneak back in. And the Seattle Seahawks are a team that don't quit. And that is a terrible combination. Carolina is favored by three. I, I don't know. I, I think this is another one where Seattle has a chance to seal this one on the road. I really do. I, I think that they could give them fits. The number's 46 and a half. That's another one where I think you could see the over in this one very easily too. But I look at Carolina. Uh, you like what you saw out of DJ Moore. Obviously, you like what Samuel has been doing as well. I think those guys are both in play. And from the Seattle side, you know, it's funny. Fantasy-wise, it's not super exciting. No. But what they do is... They just don't quit and, and, you know, they, they get behind and then they kind of scratch and claw and Carolina just can't close. And when you have teams that can't close out games, I think this is another recipe for another road upset here where you might not be seeing it coming, but I think Seattle could go in there and and stick it to Carolina. Everybody wants to just go Carolina easily, but I don't know, Chris, I just don't feel it. Yeah, Carolina is, they're a really tough team to figure out. At least I've seen some consistency from Seattle this season. There's a huge home win last week against Green Bay. They've lost both games of the Rams, but by a combined seven points. They've been in every football game basically this entire season. Then Carolina wins those two games on the road. One in particular where, you know, they beat Philly. They come back and 21 answer points in the fourth quarter. And then they beat the Ravens. We think that they're, okay, fine. They're for real. We'll, we'll count them as like maybe borderline top five, top six team in the NFL. Then they go into Pittsburgh and get smacked. And then last week, laying an egg in Detroit, losing that football game. That, that to me was, okay, this team has some holes and they're not ready to be in that contender, you know, 
talk. At least I don't think so. So Seattle, this is a tough game for me to, to call Joe. I'm with you. I think that Seattle can go in there and win that game. I think it's, I think the spread at three is, I think it's fair. You're giving the, the home team those three points, but I feel like this is a field goal game and one that's going to come right yeah, down to the I wire. And I want to lean on Russell Wilson in that situation more than Cam. I'm not betting the line in this one, but I'll take the over. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I, think, I like the over too. I stay away from the bunches. line in this game because I just, I feel like this is like a complete toss up here. I have no idea which way this is going to go, it but is, I think no matter tough. what, there's going to be enough points to cover 46 and a half. I, th- I think that, that is not a problem for me at all. All right, we're going to hit a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the bounce back off the bye for the New England Patriots. You're listening to the Lion Star app with Joe Pizzupia and Chris Meany. We'll be right back after this. The Pre-Snap Podcast is brought to you by Lion Star. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at linestarapp.com. All right, let's do it. Let's get into it. Uh, Bill Belichick, not happy after losing to the Titans on the road. They've had uh, an extra week to think about it. And uh, an easy opponent here with the New York Jets who got their ass handed to them by the Buffalo Bills. So if the Patriots don't come out like gangbusters here, hopefully it's another week for Sony Michelle to get healthy. You look at the uh, line here, it's uh, New England by 10. I think that's a very very strong line here. I think they win by at least this. So I would definitely be comfortable with the 10. Uh, the over under is 47. Uh, you know, it depends on what you think the jets offense can muster in this one. I mean, I see this one as a blowout where they come out with a vengeance. They have not been good on the road this year. They've lost to Jacksonville on the road. They've lost to the Tennessee Titans on the road, but I don't think they lose here on the road. I think they have, I think you see old new England Patriots. Now the question is, who are the guys that we like in this game on the Patriots side? So let's start with the running backs, white and Michelle. How do you break these guys down, Chris? Yeah, I think both of them actually could be contrarian plays. I don't think anybody is thinking about either of them. Um, I agree with you. I think new England is going to come out, especially, you know, after a tough loss and then the bye week I think they're going to come out and score 30 plus points. So I like Pats love the line. I jumped on the, on the nine point spread earlier in the week. I think that they win by, you know, 14, 17, at least Uh, the, the over is tricky. You know, the jets could put up 14 points. So if you think, you know, new England, like I do is going to score at least 30, you're going to, you're going to touch with that line, but for the running backs, you know, I think I would go back to, I would go to James white, especially, you know, coming off uh, his worst performance of the season against the Titans, as you mentioned, Again, here we are again, the theme of the show, buying back in. Exactly. That's what it is. So now it's been two weeks where kind of people have forgotten about him. Oh, James White. Yeah, you know, I played him week 10. Let's keep in mind that the Tennessee Titans are they're a strong defense, an underrated defense, really good against running backs. So to see White and you look at the game log, one carry, negative five yards. Hey, he only had five for 31. This guy usually catches, you know, seven balls for 50, 70 yards. Let's go back to what he's been used to doing. Like, keep that in mind. So I think you know, White, certainly on DraftKings, you get that full point for the catch. And I think I would lean Sonny Michelle the other way uh, in standard formats. There's something to be said about having a running back on the Patriots who are going to get those looks inside the red zone. We saw it with Le'Claire Blunt a couple of years back. When Sonny Michelle went down, he was top five in red zone. Uh, rushing he was attempts. on a roll, man. He was yeah. really, that, that offense was rolling, they were rolling, and they have not been the same since. No, it was 100 yards, 100 yards, 100 yards every single week for for Sony Michelle and getting those red zone opportunities. So I'd go back to him. I think he's affordable. Uh, he's a value play. He's got the upside. Uh, but I'm just more interested, I think, in some of the pass catchers uh, for the Patriots uh, as opposed to you know a guy like Sony Michelle. But I think he's a contrarian play in a game where you know, listen, they can get up here by 14, 17 points, three scores and lean on Michelle if he's healthy enough, which I do. I think, think it's both of them. I'm going to be honest. Like, I think it, not, not that I want to go this route, but I don't, I think both of them are going to eat enough because right now the, the Patriot passing game is lackluster a bit. It's it's very hit and miss. Edelman's been good. Not great since he came back. Gordon's had good moments. He's got good lines, but they haven't always, but when you watch the games, he hasn't played all that well at times. So I feel like it's it's like the line looks good, but how did he get there? And looking at this one, I think I think they get a lead. I think they get a lead early, and that means the volume goes to the running backs, and it stays in that it stays in the backfield more than it does it. So they might come out like gangbusters. It might be one of these like it's seventeen nothing at the half, and then the second half is just a steady diet of Michelle and White. And I think that's why if I'm gonna be buying it anywhere, I'm buying it on those two guys in this game. Let's go to uh, San Francisco at Tampa Bay. 
the Bucks are favored by three in this one. Huh? <laughs> this is, this is good for you. I don't, I don't know. You know, if you want to get involved in this game, knock yourself out. This is one where, like, I think you need to see somebody. You might have a problem if you're betting in this game. I guess, you know, might have to like call up one of those, you know, one of those self-help group kind of things. Uh, the over/under in this one is 54. How do you feel about that number? <laughs> yeah, this is this is kind of one I want to like I want to stay away from a little bit um, in terms of betting. Uh, you know, there could be a lot of points. If I had to choose, I would honestly pick the over, just because of what I've seen in Tampa Bay. And I know Joe, you know the numbers, but bear with me here. There's there's a ton <laughs> of goodness that could be. I mean, obviously, this is a team who they're first first in the NFL in yards per game, 458. First in the NFL in passing yards per game, 361. They have no run game at all. I think Peyton Barber benefited from, um, you know, a weak Giants run defense last week. So they haven't been able to run and they haven't been able to stop anyone. And Jameis Winston is back. They've allowed 25 passing touchdowns. It's the most in football. They've allowed 14 rushing touchdowns. It's the most in football. They're generous top five to every single position in fantasy, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. They'd allow a ton of offense, but at the same time you look over and you see Nick Mullins, George Kittle. And then what else are you getting excited about? Matt Root is coming off. His I best. think I'm excited about Kittle because Tampa struggles against the tight end too. Yeah. Big time. So, you know, I think this week you're going to see a lot of people buying in on Brait, buying back in there. And I think you're seeing a lot of people buying Kittle. And that's why if you don't want to go up to Ertz or if you want to diversify a little bit and drop down, you can get in, in the Brait business. But if you want to just diversify number wise, Kittle and Brait are going to be, uh, excuse me, um, Kittle and Ertz are going to be neck and neck and I'm fine. I think both of them are, are perfectly fine, but I, I don't know, man. Like I just, this is this game. If you told me this game ended up being, you know, <laughs> 2010, <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me at all. Like, it would not shock me in the least. I just want to run the other way from this game because I don't like getting involved and, and it's fair, but I don't like getting involved from any game where I have no beat on it whatsoever. And yes, it's opportunity because ownership will be low, mm-hmm. but I think it's earned that low ownership. <laughs> like it's earned a lack of confidence across the board. It's always tough to put your stock into two very mediocre football teams and expect right. them to be able to put up 30 points each to get to that total. And like I said, the defense has been so bad for Tampa Bay. And Jameis Winston has been, you know, he's already lost his job once this season to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's thrown more interceptions than him. So, uh, you know, I think there'll be some fantasy goodness in here. I'm in on Kittle. I'm in on Brait. You mentioned Brait. I think it's a good call. I'm in on both of these guys. And I, I like, um, I like Breda. I, I think he, I think what I saw from him over the past, I think the Brait ownership is going to be high this week. The Brait ownership is going to be extremely high. So it's not a bad idea to spend up. Like you mentioned at the two, you know, those top two. Yeah. And I feel like that's the thing. It's like, he's low ownership with them. Yeah. Low ownership. You got to pay the price. But I think again, both of those guys have such a, of a target volume share that I do like Winston. Investment. Just throw the ball. He does. They throw look. Winston's not a terrible investment. I'll tell you why. Here's the scenario. If you are a, if you are like a multi-entry low buy-in kind of player, like you want to pay, uh, play one of those like five or $10 uh, tournaments where it's, you know, multi-entry mm-hmm. having, having a lineup that's got some of these guys in it is fine. <laughs> like I think, because that's going to be a differentiator that might actually work. But you got to know there's there's fallout potential. And, yeah, know. the the one thing I feel better about Winston is I don't think they'll he'll lose his job again unless he gets hurt. Like I don't think they'll go back to Fitzpatrick because there was that there's that fear in the back of your mind, and I had it too. Like I played Jameis Winston in the game where he threw four picks. It was against the Bengals, and he got pulled. And it's like, damn. Like even if he he's throwing three or four picks, I look I go and look back at Winston and two 300 yard games in his last three starts this season and at least 270 yards in nine of his 13 games last year he throws the ball a ton and even if he has those inaccurate games and a couple picks here and there he's still going to continue to sling it and with some weapons like Deshaun Jackson over the top and Mike Evans he does have a high upside but there's a little bit of a risk rolling him out because you don't know when they'll just pull the chain and I just don't think that they'll do that now they've already done it once with, with with Fitzpatrick and I think this is Winston's job the rest of the season should he get hurt. Um, so I think there's a, you can feel a little bit safer about him because it was always in the back of my mind, like, well, this guy can just throw a couple picks and his night's over. I think they'll stick with it. All right, the Chargers are at home after a terrible loss to the Denver Broncos who never, ever win on the road while well, they won on the road. They're favored by 13 against Arizona. Uh, that's a big number. I mean, it it's not that it I keeps don't climbing too. It does. It keeps climbing. And I don't know. It's starting to climb to a point where I'm not comfortable. Now the 44, 
I'm still comfortable with the over there. I, yeah. I do think that there, there could be enough points in this one because the Chargers are another team that keeps letting teams back into games. And Arizona, I know they lost to Oakland last week. I know they make a lot of bonehead plays. I know they're undisciplined. But the one thing you can say is David Johnson's trending in the right direction. David Johnson games, the last couple of games, have been moving in the right direction. The price is rising, but it's not getting to a place where it's unimaginable. He's still a decent enough value. So, you know, looking at this one, I mean, it's Melvin Gordon and it's and it's DJ. And after that, I kind of feel like I want to fade the rest of it. I like those two guys. Everything else, I feel like it's way too, uh, too much of, you know, just throwing darts and stuff. And I don't like to do that in the daily world. Yeah, I don't either. I, I there, this game is. I agree. It's it's a bit of a fade. I like DJ. I like Gordon. Uh, I love the way that DJ is trending up in terms of touches and, and catches. He looks like the DJ of 2016. There's no question about that. The the change. As soon as they got rid of McCoy, everything got yeah. started working better. It really left, did. Left which saved the day there for sure. And you know, from the Arizona standpoint, yeah, their offensive struggled. It's it's looked a little bit better lately as as we talk about DJ and Larry Fitzgerald getting more involved. But this is Arizona defense. It's pretty good, man. They've got 13 passing touchdowns. It's the fewest mark in football. Um, they're, they're a solid defense. You got to think Keenan Allen gets away from Patrick Peterson a little bit in the slot, but this could be a tough day for rivers. It could be a whole lot of Melvin Gordon and, and a bit of a grind. I do slightly lean the over It is a low total at 44, but that they opened up as 11 point favorites. It's now up to 13. It's, it's climbing to a number that I, I don't feel comfortable betting. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of staying away from this one too, except for the running backs. I don't want, you know, there's, there's some to me that I think are locks to bet this week and others where I just like, Nope, no, thank you. You know, you know, just run the other direction. All right, let's go to Indianapolis Colts coming off a big win against the Titans at home. They're favored by seven and a half over Miami. I think I could go over there. I, I think they definitely uh, cover. I think they win by 10 in this game. At least I really think this is another blowout potential for them. Uh, Andrew Luck's playing out of his mind right now. He's throwing the ball deep. You know, everyone talks about that deep touchdown to D.Y. Hilton. But part of that is that the fact that 40 of those 90 yards or whatever it was was in the air before it got to T.Y. That's a very good sign for Andrew Luck and that shoulder. Things are moving in the right direction. I think buying back into Marlon Mack in this game is smart too. The total for this one is 51. Now, the problem there is I have to believe in Miami and Ryan Tannehill who's back to do their part, and I don't. So for me, I look at this one as like a 27-10 kind of a thing or 27-13. To me, I I think that 51 is kind of high, but I do think Indianapolis can cover the 7.5. What's your feeling on this one? Yeah, I I think the number is a little high as well. I mean, it opened up at 50, and I'm surprised it's jumped up here to 51. And with the Colts opening up as 9.5 favorites, now dropped down to 7.5. I wonder if that has anything to do with Ryan Kelly. Their center is ruled out of this game, but I still feel strong about Marlon Mack. Uh, They have the highest team implied total of the week, actually, the Colts at 30.5. So they're going to be able to put up some points. You mentioned Luck, second in touchdowns, third in passing attempts, fourth in completion. He looks good. Love that bomb that you mentioned at T.Y. Hilton. It's a positive sign for him to throw the ball that far down the field averaging 23 fantasy points per game on the season but 26 over his last three games there's only two games that luck has not had good fantasy performances week two in washington tough environment week two let's be honest he hadn't played football in a long long time and then week three the very next week in philadelphia tough environment at the time Billy had some guys who were healthy. Right. Uh, and again, <laughs> they still had, they still had a defense. <laughs> <I> still <laughs> had a defense. Everyone wasn't in the so. hospital. Yeah. Love yeah. TY. Love luck. Like Mac a lot as well. Miami yeah. has struggled to stop running back. And that's week. why I want to buy back in. Max, another guy buying back in. It's the week of buying back in. Yes. Buy back in. <laughs> yeah. And for Indy too, like even without Ryan Kelly, this is team has only allowed 10 sacks. It's the second fewest in the league. And, and Miami only has 17 as a team is the fourth fewest. So it, this is a, a strong offensive line, even without Ryan Kelly. They're really so much improved. Strong. They spent, oh, you know, I time. wonder if Josh McDaniels is kicking himself for not taking this gig. Yeah. You know what? He might be actually, because this is, you know what? And if you're the Colts, you're so pumped with Frank Reich. Yeah. You are just and loving. Frank Reich's a great football man. He always he, has been. He's a steady guy. I, I'm not surprised the, at all. The Philly special last week, he brought into luck. It almost worked out. It almost uh, did. Just overthrew it. No, I love what Reich's, Reich's doing. I think he set a precedent early on in the season. Maybe it's the wrong call. Maybe they'll miss the playoffs because they went for it in Houston in overtime or or you know, against the Texas, I think that was in Houston. Nonetheless, it was against that team and they lost that game, but he put a lot of faith in his team and his offense. And I think, you know, that just a new coach, a new environment. I think that just, you know, rallies your troops a little bit and shows the confidence that you have in the squad. So, man, the Colts are trending up. I'm not completely buying in their defense, but 
I this is a good spot for them against Tannehill who's playing his first game in a long time. All right, one more to get to here, and it's uh, Denver hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh favored by uh, my by three here in this one. The over under is forty seven. You know, Pittsburgh's been an okay road team. They haven't been, you know, Roethlisberger last year was better than the previous three seasons on the road. So he's not terrible. Uh, I'm looking for Cortland Sutton. I'm looking for Juju Smith in this one. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure Connor will be active. My problem is this one kind of screams as like slugfest to me. I don't know if either of these teams is going to just open up things. And, and I, I just, I don't know. I mean, if, if this was in Pittsburgh, it'd be different. But it's in Denver, and I always think Denver is a tough place to play. The elevation is always a problem. Some guys just don't react well to it. So I, I look at this one as kind of a plotting game. I think actually the 47 number, I think it could go under. I really do. I, I think this one where, you know, it screams to people to bet the over, but I think 47 is actually a pretty good number here. Like a 27-20 kind of game is exactly what I see this being, and it might even be tighter than that. You know, it yeah. could be a, it could be like a 21 20 kind of contest. And I don't think from a daily standpoint, it's not the kind of environment or the game script where I want to buy into it either. No, I've already locked in the under actually. It's one of my favorite, uh, favorite bets of the week. I agree with you And Denver's a tough place to play. And you look at big Ben at home, we all know the splits and it's for real 14 touchdowns, three interceptions at home in five games on the road. He's got nine touchdowns and seven interceptions. Now, a lot of them came last week against a team he struggles against in Jacksonville, but I think this is going to be a slow grind as well. And this, you know, I'm interested a little bit in Connor, but there are some other running backs that we've already touched on and we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later on that I think are fine. But the Broncos, they've been strong against the pass, not so much against the run. Six most rushing yards allowed per game. They've given up at least 200 yards in the ground twice this season. So some big plays. I think Isaiah Corral was one of those games. So we know that Connor, especially if people went to him last week in, the, in a, what was a decent, decent spot, not great against Jacksonville, but the price was nice. And he disappointed. It was one of his worst games. He had the drop in the end zone. But uh, I think you can go back to him in a Couturian spot. But I like the Steelers. I, I'm confident, actually, that they win this game by three. Maybe it's just a field goal at the end of the game. But I see like a 2014, 2017, 23, 24, 20 game. So I, I yeah, feel strong about is, the nobody's Steelers. Getting, nobody's hitting 30 in this one. I, yeah. I'm just shocked. You know? And Denver's a great win for them last week. Maybe I put that on the Chargers. It's tough to win seven straight games in the league. Chargers. Again, kicker issues, miss the extra point, Rivers turnover late. Uh, so I don't see that there's a way Pittsburgh loses this game. I think that they're, you know, they're they're in a nice groove right now. All right. You should be downloading the Lion Star app and using it to evaluate all your players. They've got all the metrics, everything you need to win, including the current week's projections. You can sort players by all kinds of options. It's the best app out there. So go get it now. Download that and Subscribe to the show right here, the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app as well. We're going to hit a break. When Chris and I come back, we're going to talk about our favorite three players at each position as we break down week 12 for you. We'll be right back right after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by Line Star. Take your DFS game to a whole new level. Build winning lineups with the best tools on the market. Download now at linestarapp.com and start winning. All right, let's start at quarterback here. It's uh, it's for me, I'm going to start with my big three. It's Carson Wentz, who I already talked about. That's my buyback in. Uh, I will carry over also with Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position here. I think the price is still good. The situation in terms of game plan, as we talked about earlier, on top of the concept of Oakland being unable to stop said game plan, I think it matches up very well. And I'm going to also talk a little Baker Mayfield too. I think against Cincinnati, there's lots of opportunity. Mayfield's another guy that can use his legs and, and escape a little bit. Uh, I think with Chubb eating this week, I think that's going to be opportunity for Baker Mayfield to surprise you against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's been easily beaten in the secondary this year too. So for me, those are my big three uh, that I'm going to have a lot of ownership of in terms of quarterback for you, Chris, who are your three favorite quarterbacks this week? Yeah, those are solid calls. Uh, I, I Again, I'm going to go to you that. Can overlap. There's no yeah. problems here. I'm going to go to that Philly and um, Giants game. You know, I have no problem going back to Carson Wentz this week, but I'm actually in on Eli. I think he's, I think he's affordable. I understand that there's some risk in playing Eli Manning, but you know, Barkley still caught a lot of balls out of the backfield. The second most targets and catches among running backs. He's still going to get a lot of work in this game. And and again, what I've seen from Philadelphia over the past few weeks, it's not good. So th this is a good opportunity for Eli Manning and his weapons to, to have a strong game. And then I'm going to go to Jameis Winston. I, I really am. I'm going to take that risk. 
in, in what is a high total. And I think he's going to throw the ball 30 plus times. I think he can hit guys down the field and Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson Humphreys has been a player over the past few weeks for them. Chris Godwin has been a red zone target. So I think there's enough options in that offense and I'm going to, I'm going to go after that high total. So those are the three guys, but I do feel strong as I mentioned earlier with that Lamar Jackson call by you, I feel strong about it as well, especially over on DK $5,700. I think he can do enough for you on the ground to return value. All right, running backs, my big three are Saquon Barkley. I'm willing to pay up uh, even more so because of the lack of big-time running backs out there, and I think there's a lot of um, situations in the wide receiving core this week where because, we, you know, we haven't mentioned that too, you, you're taking away a fair amount of those guys too. There's no Tyreek Hill. Uh, there's no Michael Thomas. Amari uh, Cooper and his giant games, right? You know, you're taking away DeAndre Hopkins. You're taking away Devontae Adams. You're taking away Diggs. You're taking away Thielen. There's it's another one where you can make it up in wide receiver. There's not a whole lot of big time game breaking wide receivers, no Julio Jones on this slate. So if I'm going to pay up, I'm going to use that money for Saquon. I also love Nick Chubb this week as well. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to go down to the well here and go on a limb and go Marlon Mack. Also, I think Marlon Mack against that min- that Miami defense can bounce back. So I'm buying back in there. So Mack Chubb and uh, Saquon Barkley are my big three this week. How about you, Chris, where are you going for your big three? Love Mac as well. Uh, at that high total, I think the Colts have their way with the Dolphins this week. I mentioned the 30.5 team implied total is the highest of the week. And Miami, the third most rushing yards allowed per game and the third most fantasy points per game to running backs on that main slate. So it's a good spot for Mac. My two favorite backs are Chubb and Fournette. Obviously, I really like Barkley. We, we've talked enough about him. I think he should be you know, the, the staple of your, of your lineups, cash and tournaments. I think he's a strong play this week with a lot of top-tier backs out. So Fournette and Chubb, I think, are, are both very affordable uh they both check it at under seven thousand dollars and another guy who's not my favorite but i think he, he can be a cash saver for you and i wanted to bring him up in the show is is josh adams at thirty eight hundred dollars and i know it's tough to to trust any running back in philadelphia but what i've noticed over the last three weeks is yeah the yards are they're, they're not up near that hundred yard mark which is tough but nine carries for 61 yards followed by 47 on seven carries and then last week 53 on seven carries finds the end zone that's not those aren't crazy numbers, but he has taken over that backfield. I really believe that. And ever since Snacks has been traded away from this Giants team, New York has allowed 356 rushing yards over the last three games to not great backs, AP, Peyton Barber, Matt Breida. So that loss of Damon Harrison has been huge for that defense. So I think you'll see Philly try to establish a run game early, uh, and it could be successful for you at $3,800. I think it's a decent tournament option. All right, let's uh, go to the wide receivers. My big three this week. I'm starting with T.Y. Hilton, so that's my big-time guy in terms of cash games. I do think uh, the Colts are going to put a hurting on the Dolphins, and I think T.Y. is just the guy to do it. I'm going to go down to the well one more time with D.J. Moore. Uh, Love the trend, love where it's going. I think D.J. Moore is going to have another good game here against Seattle. Certainly good enough for the price. He is still on FanDuel. He's just 5,800, so really for him, there's still lots of opportunity, lots of lineup-building opportunities with D.J. Moore. And I'll tell you what, buy him back in, Alshon Jeffrey. Buy him back in, I think he gets a touchdown, and I think he pays off. The price has fallen over the last couple of weeks because he's had some bad games. I think at home, I think things change around there, and I'm buying back in. How about you? Who are your big three wide receivers this week? Yeah, so it's sticking with the theme here of the Giants. The theme. Uh, it's uh, it's Odell Beckham Jr., man. Like he's no, That's fair. Yeah, for sure. Those, as I mentioned, the fifth and sixth corners here for the Eagles, it's tough. They've allowed a league high 158 catches to wideouts and the second most fantasy points to the position. So I, I feel pretty safe, you know, locking in Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I like Julian Edelman, man. I, I really do. And he's averaging nine targets, six catches, 71 yards per game, 32 targets, safe play. grabs. So yeah, just really safe. And what I've noticed uh, with this Jets team is they've struggled against guys in the slot. Let's let's look at just their most recent game against the Bills. Robert Foster, Zay Jones, both playing a little bit of slot more. So Zay Jones, they combined for 198 yards. Golden Tate, 71 yards on him earlier in the year. Landry over 100. D.D. Westbrook had 130. Sanders had 72 when D.T. was hanging around. Chester Rogers was playing in the slot earlier in the year. Had 55 and one touchdown. So I'm not sure if Gronk's going to play. I don't think it even matters. I think Edelman is going to get his. He's going to get about 10 to 12 targets. Catch a few balls, flirt with 100 yards. It's always that, you know, Maybe he won't find the end zone for you, but I think he's a safe cash game play. And on the other side, man, I'll stick with the same team. How about Josh Gordon in a tournament? How about yeah. Gordon, who's who's hit the 100-yard mark twice over his last three games, 81 yards in there as well, 22 targets his he's last year. He's seeing a lot of volume, too. He's seeing, seeing a lot of attention. I'm ha- 
I, you know what? I'm intrigued. I, you know, early on, I didn't know if that move would work out, Joe. I didn't know if it oh, would. I didn't either. <laughs> There's some rumblings where he was going to miss the first part of a Monday night game. He didn't miss any time for that. That right. was, that was nonsense. He's trending up. Brady's continuing to take some shots with him down the field. And I think you'll continue to see that they're going to want to build a rapport here because they know they're seeing all these teams scoring points. I think they'll take a couple shots downfield. I think Gordon's a great tournament player. And I think Edelman is a safe cash play. All right. uh, Tight ends. It's Ertz and Kittle for me. I'm paying up there. And if I'm not, I'll be boring and I'll stick with Brate because without OJ Howard there, we've all seen that Brate has that touchdown upside. The cost is, you know, hasn't come around yet because of since the OJ Howard injury, nothing's caught up to him. So it's going to be, it's going to be popular, but just understand that it doesn't make it wrong. We always talk about that on the show, the difference between value and a good investment. Sometimes guys are good values. It doesn't make them a good investment. I think with Brate, it's both. And we already talked ad nauseum about Ertz and Kittle. So, for you, who's your big three in terms of uh, tight end this week? Yeah, those are actually my three as well. I mean, it's okay. I know you talk about this on the show, I'm sure. It, you just kind of touched on it. It's all right to take chalk. It's all right to take that free square, that cheap play. Cameron Braid at $3,600 on DK. Very affordable on FanDuel as well. It's I mean, This guy has 17 touchdowns in his last three games. He's playing behind OJ Howard. He's the starting tight end there now. <laughs> all right. Defense is... Uh, Anyway, I'm sorry. Do you, you hit all your three tight ends or no? Just break. Yeah, no. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Same, no, same thing. I'm with oh, you. We don't have, yeah, Ertz, Ertz and, and Kittle. I mean, you could get you could get a little cute. I say cute with Jack Doyle because that was a tough matchup last week. You can get week. cute with Doyle. You can get cute with Olsen this week. I, there's guys yeah. you can get cute with, but I don't know. I mean, I'd rather go big or go home. That's that's <laughs> the thing, right? You're in that price range with Doyle and Joku, who's in a really good matchup against the Bengals, but has been quiet lately. And then, you know, everyone wants to go to Ebron, but Doyle is the guy to own out of those Colts tight ends. But when you get in that price range, you're better off to save a few hundred dollars and just go down to a guy like Bray in the highest total of the week. All right. When it comes to defenses, again, I think this is a week you pay because there's a lot of mud out there. And I'd rather get a little bit of definition. And it's the Patriots at the Jets. For me, it's the uh, in terms of uh, Baltimore Ravens. If you're going to pay all the way up, I'm fine with that. I think Baltimore at home against Oakland. I mean, if they put up three, if they shut out Oakland, it would not shock me. If this was if this was a a seventeen nothing game for Oakland, it would not shock me. I know they won last week. You can leave that where it was, okay? <laughs> Forget that. And the other one for me is the Colts. I think the Colts, from a defensive standpoint, they got some pass rush last week. I think they can create some turnovers there with Tannehill, and I like the margin of victory potentially too. I don't I don't think Miami's going to go up there and put up a whole lot of points. So. Uh, Kenyon Drake also a little banged up in this one too. So it's Pats, it's Colts, it's Ravens for me on the defensive side. How about for you? Who's your big three D? Yeah, the Ravens are, they're my favorite play. I'm with you. I mean, Derek Carr has been held under 200 yards passing in three of his last five games. He's been held out a touchdown in three of his last five games too. So that's tough for him to go into Baltimore and be able to put up some points against a team who has, you know, 29 sacks. I mean, that's top 10 in football and they've allowed the fewest points. So good luck, Derek Carr. Ravens are, they're a lock to me. You're going to have to spend up. And if you have the money to make it work in tournaments, I like Jacksonville as well. The same offensive yeah. struggles that Oakland has, Buffalo has as well. And Jacksonville's been pretty solid defensively. I know that they haven't generated the same amount of pressure and the picks are not there, but fourth fewest yards per game allowed and the third fewest passing yards game allowed as well. And then I do like the Colts call by you. That's a, that's a solid one. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with that one. Well, last Steelers. week, you know, my call of the week on defense was, mm. and Rath said I was nutty. I said the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> I played them yesterday in I played them yesterday in my turkey day like, lineup. He's so like, I don't awesome. know if I would do that. He's like, no, I'm like, oh, no, you're gonna do it. Philly's gonna have a rough game. <laughs> it wasn't gonna be that rough, but it was it was pretty rough. The one thing about the Saints and teams like that, you know, you you, you look at their defense like uh, overall, you look at their defense and it hasn't been great. They've allowed a lot of numbers, but they're turning it up. But when a team like the Saints can put up so many points and you're looking at the other side, you wanna kind of pick a defense. Yes, that can generate some pressure and some turnovers, but going up against a team is going to have to throw a ton to keep up. I mean, that's when you're going to get some of those interceptions from a defense. So uh, I think that was a great call by you last week. I mean, I'm intrigued with the Steelers because I, I, I don't feel great about the the Broncos offense. Yeah. And, and Case Keenum has has struggled. So 
Uh, I think Pittsburgh is a decent. Place. Yeah, Pittsburgh's D has been playing better too. They 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 can create turnovers and also get after the quarterback. That's what you want. You you want turnovers, and that's why I say the Patriots because I think the Jets are going to turn the ball over a ton. I just you know they they're another team that's kind of spinning their wheels right now. How Todd Bowles has a job, I don't know, Man, and I'm very grateful fire. that we have one. I'm very grateful for Chris Meany, who's got a new job as my co-host. Uh, also on the Line Star app, you make sure you check out the Line Star Weekly Pylon newsletter written by Ryan Humphreys. He gives you all the game breakdowns, the players to target by position, ranks everything for cash games and GPPs. Now it's only a feature for subscribers, so you got to subscribe over there to the newsletter. You can also find find Ryan and follow him on Twitter at NitroDFS. You can follow Chris Meany at Chris Meany and myself at JoePizzaPia17. Chris, I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your first uh, show here with me over on the pre-snap. Uh, how do you feel? You feel pretty good about uh, this weekend or what now? I feel great. Yes, man. It's always good to talk football with you. Intelligent mind, DFS player for a long time. So I'm I'm really thankful to be a part of this show. And like I said, um, the shout out to Rathburn for um, doing a great job and, uh, you know, hopefully can fill his shoes and just looking forward to the rest of the season, man. Like hopefully we can win some money for some people. That's what it's all about. It's about finishing strong. And those of you who uh, season long didn't work out for yeah, this is uh, your opportunity to make some of that money back here with us. So make sure you stick with us right here on the Lion Star app. That'll do it for me and Chris on the pre-snap. So there's only one thing left to do. And that's sit down win. Thanks for listening to the pre-snap podcast with Michael Rathburn and Joe Pizapia on the Lion Star podcast network. Have a question? Need more advice? Join the conversation at linestarapp.com, and we'll see you back here next week. Good luck.